Welcome to the Marigold Effect Podcast. When you listen to this podcast, we hope you feel hopeful and encouraged. We hope you feel challenged to learn and grow. We hope you feel connected. We hope we make you laugh. So sit back, listen, and enjoy. I'm Katie Borbina. I'm Michelle Williamson, and this is the Marigold Effect Podcast. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I'm all right. All right. Well, here we back into the routine here this week. I'm still back to work, back in the office. I still got a week of vacation. Um, Lucky you. I know. Well, here we are. Our first episode. I know. This could be the point in time that we refer to when we accept our Webby Award for the Marigold Effect podcast. I think this is going to happen. I I agree. Yeah. We could be Webby winners in a year. I didn't even know there was such a thing, to be honest. I know, there is. I'm just, I looked it up just in case someone wants to nominate us. You can... Oh, please do. You could go yes. to the Webby... I don't even know what it's called, but I just want to be a Webby winner because I like the sound of it. Webby. I like yeah. that, too. Um, so our first episode is on ambiguous loss. Uh, during the during the early months of the pandemic, I know I listened to a lot of podcasts, and I know Katie did as well. And mm-hmm. there were a couple of them that we um, listened to that we felt like were pertinent to this time as we start the school year. And we thought this topic would be appropriate. Uh, so we're entering a state of what people are calling a new normal. But the question becomes, how do you adjust to a new normal when everything is indefinite uncertainty? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, And I also just want to tell our listeners that they're soon going to discover that many of our podcasts are influenced by other podcasts. So you can go to the Google site that we're going to give you and you can actually listen to the entire podcast if you want to, the ones that we refer to, if it so interests you. Um, but the one that one of the podcasts is on being is a I know that's one that both Katie and I listen to. It's uh, I love it. Yes. Yeah. Kristen Tippett. So she interviewed actually in 2016, she interviewed Pauline Boss and then she re-interviewed her this last summer or I think maybe July um, about ambiguous loss. Uh, Pauline is a professor of psychology at the University of Minnesota, and she coined the term to name any loss that's unclear or lacks resolution. And she talked about it can be physical, such as missing a person, or if you lose a limb, or it can be psychological if a family member is having dementia or even an addiction. There's, there's this sort of loss, but it's not necessarily something that can be seen or easily resolved um and then in when kristen um interviewed her again she talked about this pandemic as being another form of ambiguous loss that we've lost a way of life it can be it could be a loss um in trust of our government it could be a loss of freedom of how we move and how we interact Um, But for us, I felt like it is particularly a loss of how we have uh, taught, how we how we interact with children in our schools. Um, It's a loss of our rituals with children and families and that these were things that we were attached to. And now they've they've been taken away from us. And I 
particularly feel that as I'm getting ready to go back to work full time. And of course, you've been there, so you may have already Mm -hmm. been experiencing this. Definitely. Yeah. The routines in particular this time of year, I've been doing this for 12 years now. And uh, the way that I prepare for the year is is so different this year. Um, It just feels really new and unusual. Yeah, I feel and I'm feeling a little, I guess, sad, you know, like the beginning of the year can always be like, oh, we got to go back to work. But there's always been a bit of an excitement of like getting back into the routine. And this year I just feel blah, like, uh, I don't want to go back. I get the emails of how we're going to go back, how we got to get in the building, what we got to do. Um, all of which I think are necessary to keep everyone safe, but it's also like, Ugh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's going to, you know, I'm going to feel awful or uncomfortable. And right. And I think that's the other thing that I liked about the podcast that Pauline said is like this non-binary thinking of, you know, good and bad. It's that those aren't, I don't know. I don't think those are available to us right now to think in those kinds of terms. All right. I'm so, so I think, uh, for, it's like holding two truths at the same time that this can be something we hate, but yet it's also something that we can accept and maybe even do well. And there would be good things that came out of it, even though we can also like not like it. I don't know if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense, but that's what I was trying to say. Makes complete sense. I mean, I, through this whole several past months, I've heard people talk a lot about silver linings. I've heard that term so often, and I think it was referenced in the podcast too, just um, even amidst all of the grief and all of the upheaval in our lives, there are so many new things to be grateful for, and um, we've been able to look at our priorities, I think, in a new way because of this experience. Right. And I think while well, I was talking to you at some point about, you know, we were trying to make decisions about our kids' school mm-hmm. and, you know, we were just trying to figure out you know, what do we do and what's the best thing for our, our child. And I, it just came back to me that these are decisions that are neither right or wrong and they'll never be comfortable. Like, and that's something I think in this society and even in education, we we don't, we're not particularly comfortable with uncertainty. We like to be certain. We like evidence-based strategies. We like to have kids master skills. There's, you know, this completion and resolution. And that's, you know, the way we're going to provide education this year. That is not, that's not exist. You know, that's not going to exist. But can we still provide a good education? Like that's sort of the non-binary thing about this. Mm-hmm. Could Can we still do it? And, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect that we'll find, I know that we'll find new ways to do our work and probably even improved ways to do our work. I think there will be some good that will come of this. And um, I, I think we'll have to really focus on that because it will feel so different and uncertain at times that it'll be hard to recognize the ways that we are changing and growing for the better. And I think for for people, you know, our coworkers and our colleagues, to just offer that you're, it's okay if you don't have a have a you know 
a beginning ending kind of day or you you are feeling like I don't know like that's okay we don't know mm-hmm. and feeling okay about not having a certain plan it's it's hard you know I think that's the part that's difficult for me is everything could change in a week we know that we've been there where you know something will happen and then we have to change um the other thing too that was mentioned in a in another article I read that referred to Pauline Boss was our we as humans our surge capacity which I like that term surge capacity it's like this collection of adaptive systems we have both mental and physical that can that we draw on for survival and a lot of times like in natural disasters people have these surge capacities like we come together we take care of people Mm -hmm. and you know you know we get it done because it's like this adrenaline that we're doing um but like pandemics are different because there's no ending yet we don't know when the ending is going to be and so we don't have a time to renew our surge capacity i think we've We've been using our surge capacity since March, mm-hmm. um, and, and I and I wonder, you know, that people are probably tired. Yeah, I think and, so. Yeah, and I think you've been really, I mean, great about helping us recognize how to renew ourselves, and I think that's really important this year for people to figure out a way to, like kind of build up that surge capacity again or renew yourself or you know just take care of yourself in a way that you can build up your resiliency again yeah yeah I think um, one of the ways that I have been trying to focus on my own resiliency and self-care is through a gratitude practice and on some days even when things seem extremely bleak I force myself to find at least a couple of things new things each day that I feel grateful for and I think that really helps me to change my perspective Um, and I actually was just looking back at some of my gratitude journals from earlier in the pandemic and there have been some amazing things I've learned, some some really new ways that I've been able to approach my family, my work. Um, so that's, I guess, one of the self-care practices that's keeping me going right now. Yeah, that's good. And just, uh, just to point out to those listening that sometimes your gratitude, and this has been mine a few times, uh, I'm grateful I did not yell at someone today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In my household, I'm like, well, I told you, there was a point in time during the pandemic, I was pretty sure my family was like, uh, sheltering away from me, like like, (laughs) sheltering at home in their various rooms because I was losing my mind at some point. Right, or just Um, like, I got through the day without crying today. I'm grateful for that. Yes, definitely. So, I mean, we... We, we don't have to embrace it, but we have to accept it. And I think that's what I'm trying to do as we start this year and not fall into this um, other thing called an- anticipatory grief, which is what another podcast we listened to with Brene Brown, where she talked to David Kessler, um, who did some work with Kubler-Ross around grief. And he talked about like anticipatory grief is where we're anticipating the uncertainty about our future and we get worked up about it. And I, well, you know, I'm big on that. Like 
that is my thing. I like mm-hmm. to anticipate mm-hmm. yep. the worst possible scenario <laughs> there can be. Like that's that is something I am gifted to. I can make a catastrophe around anything. You um, are really good at that. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So when the pandemic happened, I'm like, told you, right? Right. See, I told you. Yeah. I told you catastrophe was going to happen, and now. So, but it is also very kind of exhausting, and that's going back to just I don't have to embrace it. I can accept it that I am actually not going to know what's going to happen, and mm-hmm. that is definitely what I struggle with. And I and I like your practice of gratitude because it does relieve some of that anxiety about the future mm-hmm. you know what what do we have control over we have control over what to be thankful for mm-hmm. uh, what to be grateful for so um yeah go ahead uh, one of the things I thought was interesting about the whole idea of anticipatory grief or the uncertainty too is that you know, my Facebook feed was initially filled with like everyone was doing these projects like baking and taking these long hikes and walks and cleaning things out and on one hand you know that's because people had time to do those things but I think um, what the podcast really helped me to understand is those things have a really clear beginning middle and end and help us to feel more certainty so it's routines and new routines and I think about that in our classrooms too that it will be so important to create consistent routines for children who have been out of school for so long and how safe that feels for them to come back to that and to get into that routine even if it takes a little bit of time so that's on my mind right now too yeah no i think those are very important um it's one of the things that we lost in some way a ritual that we create new ones now Mm -hmm. you're right that's so important for it was very important for me to have that routine in the first three weeks that we closed down i had to get up i had to take my dog for a walk and then i had to come back and make my bed and like i just had to go through it um, even though I wasn't going into school and we really weren't doing anything at home at that point, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was showered and dressed by <laughs> six o'clock with no place to go. But I, <laughs> yeah. I think Blair looked at me and said, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I'm showered and, but I'm prepared. I don't know what I'm prepared for, but at least I'm clean. I remember that. I mean, you would send out like a very inspiring message by like seven o'clock in the morning. You had already been up and had walked Nala and um, had this, you know, wonderful message for us. And then I remember when your routine changed, when you hurt your knee and that was super hard. Like that was something you were holding on to. I could tell that was really helping to sustain you. Um, And you had to find another new way of, of, um, of coping. Yeah, and it was and it was hard, and I that's that's so it's, it's great that you brought that up because now I can really relate to the teachers right now that that was a hard transition to make of this is what I'd always been doing and now I had to change and mm-hmm. there was some you know definitely resistance to it struggle anger I was very angry um, but yeah I had to find a new way to do that um, mm-hmm. I think the other thing was just also naming it you know I, yeah. I felt like at one point I just had to say oh my god this sucks this <laughs> sucks mm-hmm. so bad I hate it I'm not getting out of bed like there were days where I'm just like I'm just not gonna get out of bed because I don't know I don't like it and so I'm just gonna avoid it and 
sometimes just naming it and not even judging it. Like, you know, I could have said, oh, you're being a baby, you're being so whiny, and, you know, self-criticism doesn't really help. So it's sometimes nice just to say, I don't like it, I hate it, it sucks. Yeah, and to just be kind to yourself and and to give yourself that downtime and, and recognize that that's going to happen from time to time. Yeah, definitely. Um so we are actually both of us thinking of all you guys as you start this year. Absolutely. Um, and we hope that you are um, gentle with yourselves and that you take care of yourselves. Um, and that, you know, if we can be of any help, you would let us know and let your colleagues know. I think it's definitely going to be a time where we have to you know, use other people as support. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it may be different that we're not in person. Yeah. I know from witnessing this in the past that we have teams that show each other grace. And I think that that's going to be critical this year is that we're easy on ourselves, but we're also easy on each other. And yes. we, we give each other a lot of flexibility this year. So I know that we'll do that for each other. So that's our first episode, um, and we have no idea when the second one's coming out. <laughs> and so, you know, we'll let you know when that happens. Um, you're going to get all the invite uh, information about the Google site. And we do have an email, even like I even created an know, email. I know that's so fancy, Michelle. I know. So you know, if you want to give us some feedback, only good because <laughs> our egos are a little tender right now so wait till the third episode before you tell us it sounds awful or whatever yeah but, yeah but topic um, ideas things that you like to topic hear about ideas yes please we'd love to to hear those things so all right well um our theme music was composed and performed by chloe barbina on her ukulele editing assistance for this podcast and mom wrangling was offered by Avery Treglone as she eye-rolled her way, me trying to learn a new software. Um, please stay tuned uh, after this for I am offering a marigoldism, my new word. Love it. And Katie has a song dedication that goes along with this episode. Um, but until then, be a marigold. Bye. Bye. So this marigoldism was sent to me via email with a group that I do meditation practice with, and there was not a author or any credit given. It was listed as anonymous. So here it goes. Every phase in life is bound to teach us something valuable, but it depends on us whether we actually read the lesson or just turn the pages. As a music therapist, I'm sure it's not surprising that one of my hobbies is creating themed playlists to accompany major life events. With each episode, I'll be sharing a playlist that musically reflects my thoughts and feelings about our podcast topic. This month's playlist is titled Sad But Rad. You can find the link to this Spotify playlist in the show notes. For now, we'll leave you with the song dedication, which has been one of the most meaningful songs for me to listen to during the pandemic. Everyday Life by Coldplay. Until next time, be a marigold. <laughs>